yeah, it was a really crazy time, and it was so eye-opening to see that, you know, a blockchain game, uh, uh, like you know, it's it's very hard to get onboarded to to a blockchain game and NFTs if you didn't understand what Ethereum was, if you didn't have a wallet. But these people were powering through it and learning how to download a wallet, how to play a blockchain game, how to get their first NFTs because it was putting food on the table and they knew how to play games. It was a skill that they had and they could use that skill to earn money. So yeah, that was a really eye-opening moment in I would say August or September last year. And that experience uh, led to the formation of, of Yield Guild. I often say, if you want to understand why a project succeeded or failed, all you have to do is track back to the incentives. Sometimes the right incentives are in place and something succeeds. Sometimes the wrong incentives are in the wrong place and a project will fail. Gabby Dizon understands how incentives works and he's changing the way we think about income as he helps people play to earn in NFTs, gaming, and the blockchain space. Thank you for listening to this Doki Doki production of NFT Cast where we're making NFT collecting fun again. Visit us at degacha.com, D-E-G-A-C-H-A.com. Thank you. Gabby Dizone is with us today from uh, Yield Guild, as well as um, he also is a founder of some gaming companies. Uh, I'm excited to have him on because um, Yield Guild is doing some really cool things with NFTs and gaming and play to earn. And uh, But first, I'd like to get started by getting to know Gabby better. And uh, Gabby, tell us about yourself, how you ended up uh, in the crypto world and the gaming world and kind of what your background is. Sure. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me here on the podcast. So I'll give a quick background on myself. So I've been in the game industry for 18 years now, made my first game um, out here in the Philippines in 2003. In 2014, I started a mobile game studio in Manila called Altitude Games. So we were making casual uh, mobile games for iOS and Android phones. And it was three years into Altitude in 2017 that we learned about Ethereum and the concept of a blockchain and a smart contract. And we, uh, we started researching into this to see how uh, blockchain could uh, potentially kind of affect or disrupt the game industry. And uh, it was from here that we learned about NFTs when CryptoKitties came out, came out in uh, November 2018. And yeah, pretty much been in love with the NFT space ever since. That's that's cool. So when you saw CryptoKitties, did that did that really kind of hold the whole concept behind NFTs? Did that was that the first thing you thought of? Oh, wow, we could use these in in the games we're creating. Is that kind of what spurred the, everything to where you are now? Yeah, that was the big like pretty much. Oh, shit moment, because um, <laughs> before then we were talking about tokens, right? Like and you're looking at, you know, what to do with tokens, maybe as payment in games, how you can use smart contracts to set that up. And, you know, uh, it wasn't CryptoKitties that made the first NFT, but it was the one that really kind of uh, made the concept of the NFT kind of popular, right? Because, it, you know, it brought down the Ethereum network at that time and just the concept of these kind of unique tokens with their uh, own special attributes uh, was it, it just clicked that, you know, you could really apply this in games. And if you had a game, um, that had tokens on chain that meant that they they were basically living outside the game and you could port them to kind of kind of possibly different games the player really owned them and this was such kind of a wild notion at that time and it ties into you know like the science fiction um, with ready player one um, and yeah it, it was just a really exciting Kind of concept to hear about that time and um yeah like up to now it, it still excites me every day altitude games is the the first company that you had uh, around gaming and you were you said you were developing casual games for ios and and android at what point did you kind of uh, was it was it soon after that you started trying to build this into what you were doing or or how did you kind of evolve into where you are now with yield yeah, so we we actually started developing um, blockchain-based games. So we we created a game called Battle Racers, um, that is basically an arcade game that have that had 
kind of arcade racing with NFT car parts. And we, uh, we shipped that on Ethereum. It used Matic Network as a layer two back in 2019. Wow. Um, the game is inside of Decentraland. So yeah, we were playing with a lot of the early tech and I was kind of really heavy into the NFT scene since then. Um, and uh, in late 2018, I also became friends with the Axie team. Actually invited uh, Jiho, the co-founder over to Manila to give a talk about blockchain games. And that's how I got started into playing Axie Infinity. Like, I didn't really know then how much it would change the trajectory of my life, but it really <laughs> has. And, like, if not for the early experiences with Altitude, with building blockchain games, with playing Axie, like, I wouldn't be here today with Yield Guild. We'll get into the details of how Yield Guild functions and, and its purpose, but do you continue to develop games? Um, at, at all as a as a team are you continuing to evolve and 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 figure out ways to to use nfts in the games you're developing or do you really at this point are you really focused primarily on yield guild and what you all can do there as a project so altitude games is still developing blockchain games we actually uh spun out the team that is creating not only battle racers but also a game on sandbox called mushroomania um, and yeah, so we're still creating blockchain IP and that team is going through the outlier ventures accelerator now. Nice. Um, yeah. And I think, I mean, it's really good to see the kind of the ev evolution of the kind of NFT game industry from, you know, from a creator standpoint, from a collector standpoint, from a player standpoint, even like how NFTs interact with DeFi and like how layer twos work, like, yeah, I've just been kind of really curious poking at like NFTs and how, how it works with crypto on, on different levels. I really quickly wanted to kind of understand, um, having, having spent a good amount of time doing business in, in Manila in the early 2000s, what, what is currently, is there, do you feel like there's a gaming development industry there? I know that at my time there, um, there were a lot of people learning development and, and technology and network management, those kinds of things, but how has that grown up in the Philippines in terms of software development and gaming development? Sure, there's, uh, there is a growing game development scene here. We put up the Game Developers Association of the Philippines in, I would say, 2008 or nine. It started out mostly with outsource companies because outsourcing was one of the dominant business models then. And people would, you know, send work to the Philippines to be done by like really competent project managers and engineers and designers here. So it started the same way with game development. But over time, as kind of people pick up their skills, people started making their own studios as well. So Altitude, when we started it in 2014, was pretty remarkable because we were the only one of the only studios then locally in Manila that was really focused on creating our own IP. Um, there are a number of other studios that do that now, but yeah, the the gaming scene, the game development scene is uh, it's pretty much alive and well here in Manila. That's really cool. So so from your perspective, I mean, for for Altitude Games, you all were kind of the ones to help, I guess, break the mold and let people realize there that they didn't have to just do work for other companies that they could actually do work for themselves and actually put things out to market and make a make an income from that, make revenue from that and build a company around it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, since we've done that, other studios have also started creating their own IP. I think it's been a challenge in terms of really getting funding for your own intellectual property because there, I would say that there's a lot of uncertainty as opposed to kind of an outsource model where you know where the the money is coming from sure. but people are starting to warm to it and yeah it, all it needs is really some success stories of people who've done it before for other people to kind of follow along the same path uh, i'm really glad to see that I, I i certainly think that obviously the outsourcing industry is a is a great industry but it's i think it's important for people to also realize they can create the make their own things and create their own things and create a market around it so i, I think that's that's really great to hear okay so you're building Altitude Games. Um, you discover Axie Infinity. You become uh, friendly with the founders of that. And you decide to create Yield Guild. Um, can you tell us what Yield Guild is, how it functions, and um, you know how that concept came about? And uh, then we can talk about where you're headed. Sure. So around this time last year, I was actually really heavily playing around in the intersection of nfts and DeFi, 
So, uh, for example, I've, I, I owned one of the rarest axes in the game. Um, and it was a really valuable one that I bought for 27 ETH back in, I would say, 2018 or 19. I don't even remember exactly when. It was probably in, in early 2019. And then I sharded it using a, a protocol called Niftex, where you can uh, basically put your uh, NFT on a smart contract and I issue fraction shards uh, against it as an ERC-20. And nice. I did that to, uh, to, to my Axie, and uh, it, it went really well. And, you know, a lot of people bought it. Um, it showed me the power of kind of an NFT and DeFi play. And, uh, like, from there, I was really hooked to see, like, how NFTs and, and DeFi would work together. I was also heavily using Niftex, which, was, uh, which is basically an NFT pawn shop, if you will. Like people can post their NFTs for collateral, then people would lend you money against it. And then if you have to pay it back with interest and then you get your NFT back. If not, you lost uh, you lost your NFT, it goes to the lender if you didn't pay the loan back. So there's a lot of interesting thing hap things happening around NFT and DeFi last year. But for me, the most remarkable thing was that when Axie Infinity introduced the small love potion token and um, this was remarkable because slp is a tokenized in-game resource so it's not a it's not meant to be a i would say in a currency in that in a normal sense of a word it's basically an in-game resource that you you create more of it when you win games and then it's used it's burned as a resource when you uh when you breed two axes to create a new one so, so that's what SLP is. But the remarkable thing that uh, the Axie team did was that you could sync it on chain, which means that this in-game resource, you could put it in your wallet as an ERC-20 token, which means that you could put it on an AMM such as Uniswap. Someone would pair it against ETH. Then now you could buy this in-game resource with ETH. And if someone is selling their SLP for ETH, that ETH can be turned into... A fiat through off-ramps in your own country so suddenly you can now turn your time and your effort playing games and earning an in-game resource ultimately into fiat money which was incredibly hard to do or yeah like hard to do in a trustless way before right so this was the real um, innovation that axie did and um, there wasn't a huge market for it in the first few months. It was just the kind of the core community that was playing Axie Infinity, earning SLP so that they could breed more Axies. But during the, the early lockdown last year, a lot more people started discovering Axie and started discovering the SLP system. And around, I would say, August last year, um, a lot of people from my country in the Philippines started discovering it when, you know, they were laid off from their jobs because of the COVID lockdown. They didn't have any money. They didn't have any options, like getting really desperate. And then, like, you know, someone from their Facebook friends group said that they were playing this game to, to earn real money. And they were actually earning more money than uh, they were getting from their job. And, yeah, so it started spreading like wildfire. And we had so many people coming in every day like buying axes, like learning, wanting to learn how to play the game. It was such a crazy time. And, you know, I had bred like basically close to a thousand axes before the SLP system came in. So during this time, I was helping a lot of my countrymen like go into Axie Infinity. So I was selling them axes for kind of really cheap or if they couldn't afford it because a lot of people really wanted to play the game and earn money, they didn't have any money at all. I would I would basically give them the axes and I'd tell them like you know just pay me back when you've earned earned it back in SLP and surprisingly enough in two or three weeks I like they would message me back and they would pay pay me for the team that uh, I had lent them out so yeah it was a really crazy time and it was so eye-opening to see that you know a blockchain game uh, uh, like you know it's it's very hard to get onboarded to to a blockchain game and nfts if you didn't understand what ethereum was if you didn't have a wallet but these people were powering through it and learning how to download a wallet how to play a blockchain game how to get their first nfts because it was putting food on the table and they knew how to play games it was a skill that they had and they could use that skill to earn money so yeah that was a really eye-opening moment in i would say august or september last year and that experience uh, led to the formation of, of Yield Guild. So let's real quickly touch on that. I mean, essentially, you 
you you were helping people get axes to be able to play this game and at the end of the day not only were they they earning some money many of these people are actually earning more money than they could earn in a month um doing some other job in the philippines and so now you've got this kind of um uh Play to play to earn economy being built there of people who are now playing the game all day to earn crypto, uh, well to earn SLP and then convert to crypto and then, I mean essentially too you're also got an entire world of people now being introduced to cryptocurrencies. Um, That's right. Via in-game and NFT models. So, I, I mean, where where do you think this is now in terms of the growth? the growth level currently in the Philippines and in other countries. And, and do you really kind of see this spreading even faster now? Yeah. So in, uh, in the Philippines, we're seeing this spread really quickly. I think it's estimated that I think over 30% of the player base of Axie Infinity is coming from the Philippines. Wow. And you, you see a lot of this growth in other developing markets as well. Um, for example, Indonesia, India, Venezuela as well. Um, Brazil, we're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of growth from markets where, I guess, the local choices in terms of employment aren't so good, or maybe like uh, the inflation is really bad in those countries. And actually, turning to this game uh, becomes either supplement or kind of alternative means of employment. But it's not just the people who are farming SLP who are there. Like there are people who are breeding these axes. They're the ones that are buying the SLP, breeding the axes, and selling them to new players. They're the people who invest in land. Um, they're people who are buying the kind of the collectible mystic axes, which are very rare. Um, so you have an entire ecosystem of players around this uh, kind of play-to-earn system. So. I, I mean, this is just fascinating to me that that so many people are actually earning a living or earning or or actually creating wealth for themselves by playing this game. I'm confident that the, the common thing that people react to this with is, well, what is the point? Right. I mean, obviously, the point is for people to be able to eat and feed their children and and keep a roof over their heads. But at the same time, this whole model of playing to earn income I think a lot of people ask, well, what what does this do? What are they doing? What are they creating? What what happens to society? And I think what what's happening here is um, that the whole idea of work is changing or earning is changing, and mm-hmm. um, that we're kind of kind of breaking kind of the the old concepts of how we exist. I'm just kind of curious if you've had thoughts about that and what what you think it means. Yeah, absolutely. I can talk about this all day. So <laughs> on one hand, um, I think where we're going is really the future of work. Like one of the major themes is that, you know, because of AI and automation, a lot of people are go- going to lose their jobs uh, because it's just more efficient for machines, for uh, for artificial intelligence to do them. And then for a while, people were thinking, you know, we're headed for a dystopian future because what are all of these people going to do? And what people didn't realize is that, you know, like if you're left with nothing to do, you would basically go online. And while most of the time now we're probably looking at websites as a form of earning money online and not inside of games, I think increasingly more and more a lot of the value that we can create that people are willing to pay for will be inside of games and virtual world. So not only as a player, as a kind of, could be an avatar creator, I can be a level designer, I can be creating digital fashion, uh, virtual jewelry, collectibles, um, storytellers. Like I think just the whole world is opening up and over time we won't be interacting through kind of online web through websites, we'll be interacting in virtual worlds wherein you know, when we have a meeting, it won't be 2D via Zoom. It will be kind of sitting on some virtual conference table with, you know, like you and I are from around the world, like in a meeting. I think the world will be increasingly like that. So the way that people are going to earn money will be inside these virtual worlds. And some of them will be outright games. And, you know, games create a ton of revenue. It's like something like $160 billion industry. And honestly, like players have almost never seen any of that money and what uh you know what kind of nfts and blockchain gaming does is that it allows players to own a part of the economy that they create inside the game 
and they can hold some of that value and they trade that value and that's very empowering for the players because for me that you know i spend a lot of time i may spend a lot of money and effort like making this game popular making it valuable like why can't i own part of it right yeah absolutely um uh you know, we, we have had a lot of discussions in the United States um, recently about um, universal basic income. And uh, Andrew Yang, who ran for, for president here, was a big advocate for that and was talking a lot about the fact that AI is, and automation is going to eliminate a lot of jobs. And I think that we're kind of at that, this kind of, I don't think we're at the tipping point yet, but I think we're at this point where um, people are realizing in the world that the entire concepts uh, around work and money are going to be changing for all of us. So I think it makes complete sense that this is happening. Um, and you guys are kind of blazing a trail here. How Tell us how Yield Guild fits into this kind of new um, economy or financial model and what you guys are doing and kind of where you see it going from here. Sure. So um, Yield Guild is basically... If you think about it, it so operates somewhat similar to like a World of Warcraft guild, right? But it's uh, it's different in a couple of key ways. One is that we invest in NFT assets in different games and virtual worlds that produce yield in, in the metaverse. So loosely meaning like axes and land in Axie Infinity. It might be cars in Formula One Delta Time. It might be land in the sandbox or League of Kingdoms. And the second part of it is that we have a huge player community from around the world that uses these assets and they earn yield with it so that they can earn some money. The guild takes a small percentage of that, usually something around 10%, but we continue to kind of invest and we want to eventually build basically the largest um, collection of valuable assets in the metaverse that people can earn money with. And yeah, we want we want to be able to onboard basically millions of people into the metaverse in this way. So so Yield Guild is buying, creating assets that people can use to earn money. Are you then leasing these assets to them, and they pay the lease that they, the payments they make are as a percentage of income earned from the asset? How how does that work for them, and how are you keeping track of everything? Sure. So let's take the Axie uh, model as an example. Um, it's called in the Axie world as a scholarship program. So it's a leasing program wherein we, uh, we breed thousands of Axies and then we create player accounts and then we lend these out to players who want to play the game without any upfront costs. So the, so the players don't have to, to pay anything upfront. We give them uh, access to the account so that they can play the game and start earning SLP. Of course, they have to win games to earn SLP. So kind of the community managers are there to recruit players, to train them, help them get better. And when they, uh, when they reach a certain SLP threshold, they can ask for a cash out. And on our end, we have smart contracts that automatically do the revenue share. So 70% of the SLP earned goes to the player or the scholar. 20% goes to the manager and then 10% goes to us, the guild. And in that way, um, not only are the players earning without upfront cost, even the community managers are incentivized to help the players get better because they also earn a percentage of, of the SLP being generated. That's that's really awesome. So um, the Axie Infinity system was is such that you can actually um, you've actually created smart contracts to integrate with these players that you've created so that when the earnings, when someone needs to earn out or on a scheduled basis, I guess, potentially, those earnings are automatically distributed to everyone. Um, and the player on the other end doesn't really have to do anything. They're just getting their earnings from there. Am, am I correct in how I'm summarizing that? Yeah, that's right. Once the, once the cash out is uh, requested, the smart contract is triggered uh, in our Discord by, uh, by the managers. And then, yeah, the SLP is sent out uh, automatically to, to players' individual wallets, and then they can do whatever they wish with that. Some people use the SLP to breed. Some of them turn it to ETH or fiat so that they can kind of buy things in the real world with it. Or some of them use the money that they earn to kind of invest in, for example, AXS governance token or land in Axie or maybe buy Ether to buy other tokens. So it's kind of a gateway for people to actually learn investing after they've taken care of their basic needs. 
the the players that you have leasing or, or doing the revenue sharing with you, do you expect that at some point they'll they'll go on and create their own accounts and you kind of the yield the yield guild loses them as a as a partner, or do you think that most people are just going to stick with it because they have a an ecosystem and a and a team that are helping them grow and become better at it? What what do you kind of expect this? How do you expect this to evolve for these these players or these users? So we we actually really like it when people earn enough money so that they can buy their own axes and start earning for themselves. So like one of the, I would say, most important things that we're doing, and you're talking about UBI earlier, right? Um, and UBI is people basically getting a direct handout of money because um, like you want to maintain a certain living standard for people. I think play to earn is actually a very uh, a superior, uh, I would say, means of earning uh, via UBI because it gives people the dignity of work. So a lot of people, like, you know, they don't have money, they have time, they have effort, they have skill. They, they play Axie Infinity as a scholar, they don't, then they start earning SLP. And when they've earned enough money, they start buying new Axies. Now they're playing for themselves. They don't have to be a scholar anymore. They can earn 100% of, of basically what uh, the SLP that they're earning. And then once they earn excess, they actually can breed more Axies, sell them in the marketplace, or even like start their own small scholarship, like get other people to play who don't have money. So we're seeing this network effect of basically agency and entrepreneurship where people are finding meaning in their lives because they're playing this game, they're winning, they're earning money, and then they get to the point where they're either investing or providing for others. It's it's basically, it's it's the best part of what I do. Uh, that's just gotta be a great and rewarding feeling when, when that happens. How many people do you all have kind of uh, as scholars currently at, at, in Yield Guild? So we just passed the 1,000 mark today. Nice. Um, yeah, which is pretty remarkable. Like we we started it in October, and yeah, turned 1,000 today, and basically we want to hit 10,000 by before the end of the year. So we want to accelerate this and just onboard as many people as we can. I you know I often call um, NFTs the gateway drug for for crypto. Do you find that? Um, that the users who are earning and kind of cashing out to fiat or, or just to Ethereum and crypto, do you find that after that they they engage more in the cryptocurrency world? Do you have people that are doing yield farming in DeFi or, or are holding and, and trading? Have you seen kind of an expansion of them taking what they're earning and trying to grow it into more? Or do you think that's something that's coming down the line? Well, it, it depends on each person, but yes, there are people who expand their investments into Axie itself by either buying the governance token AXS or buying land in the game. Other people want to buy other tokens that they can trade or uh, yield farm. So it depends a lot on, I would say, kind of the knowledge and interest level. Some e some people even cash out and like buy business or create businesses in the real world. Like someone created like a rabbit breeding business uh, uh, from their Axie earnings because there was a there was a huge demand for rabbit meat in their town, and uh, there was someone who was able to buy a car from Axie Infinity. Someone in the Philippines was able to buy basically two house and lots so yeah people are kind of responding in different ways but we're seeing very different kinds of entrepreneurship and investing from uh, basically getting from uh, from just starting with SLP uh, via farming um, you know I think that's really cool and what, one of the things that you just made me think of with that story of the person creating the the rabbit breeding business is that um, I have a friend who runs a, a microloan program in Central America uh, for for women um, I, I could really see this being something that could be very empowering for people who are doing these kind of microloan programs, but actually then potentially through Yield Guild, um, and I don't know if your structure allows this, but let's say someone has a nonprofit that's doing microlending, they could theoretically also do something with you guys in a partnership that um, helps these women that are trying to earn and start their own businesses actually do it through Yield Guild. Um, I think there's just a ton of possibilities for what you guys have created. I, it's it's pretty fascinating to me. Yeah, we actually want to expand to kind of impact communities. So right now we're starting with game communities and, you know, they're learning to play the game. But uh, later on, I can see a world where we're going into, yeah, 
credit co-ops, farmers cooperatives, um, like maybe even reach you know the four corners of like uh, Southeast Asia and Africa and Latin America, and yeah, as long as they have um, you know a mobile phone, internet access, and critically a way to cash out from crypto into fiat, then we can basically reach entrepreneurship like everywhere in the world. Are you finding that to be kind of the biggest um, hindrance right now? Is do you think that the cashing out to fiat is is one of the more difficult things for people to be able to do at the, at these uh, income levels? Um, not in a lot of countries because there are cryptocurrency exchanges like Binance, which reach like really far and wide. So, for example, Binance is available here in the Philippines and. Not only can you exchange uh, Ether to uh, Philippine pesos pretty easily, they actually listed the SLP token. So you can uh, put your SLP inside Binance and you can cash it out to pesos, which is pretty mind-blowing. Yeah. Um, in, in Venezuela, where the, the local currency is very unstable and inflation is very high, Binance is also there, which means that our Axie scholars in Venezuela, and I heard that in Venezuela, like, a typical monthly salary would be maybe somewhere between $1 to $50. Um, SLP is actually a more stable form of currency for them than, <laughs> than their local currency. Like, yeah, isn't that pretty mind-blowing? That is. And yeah, so, so, yeah, I mean, an organization like us, like we don't really have the kind of reach that these exchanges have and we're kind of using their infrastructure to be able to turn crypto into fiat easily. And honestly, it helps us do what we do really easily. That's that's very cool. Um, when you uh, is Yield Guild a for profit company? Is, is that how you're formed? Are you a project? Uh, how what is Yield Guild all about in terms of a company and structure? I know you had a bunch of investors come in. Um, that's actually how yeah. I found out about you. So can you uh, tell us a little bit more about that? So we're a DAO, but specifically we are a kind of crypto project that is uh, striving towards uh, um, what what we call progressive decentralization on a DAO. Like um, for now, we, we are, I would say, acting as a kind of central project team that is building out this vision uh, with what, one, what we want to do in Play to Earn and then kind of attracting a community. But we, we want to be able to decentralize ownership of this DAO over time. So for example, um, with one of the games that we're playing called League of Kingdoms, so we bought uh, an 86 land estate in League of Kingdoms. Um, we actually created a token uh, called YGGLOK that represents fractional ownership of this estate. Uh -huh. And uh, our players bought into this token, which basically represents a fractional ownership of the, of, the, of the YGG League of Kingdoms estate. And now we set up a snapshot page and people are making uh, governance decisions. It's something that we want to do with um, all of the games that we invest in over time. Now we kind of have to do it slowly because there's a lot of kind of infrastructure, not only on a technical level, but also I would say like on a social level um, that we, we kind of have to put in place um, so that we can decentralize in, I would say, in kind of in a gradual manner while keeping the values of, of the guild. But yeah, like we are pretty much uh, going, uh, moving towards a full DAO status over time. That's awesome. And for for listeners that aren't familiar, um, a DAO is a decentralized autonomous organization, wherein the whole idea is is that the the members of the organization are making dis governing decisions for what Yield Guild will invest in, what uh, things they will develop, um, how revenues are distributed those kinds of things is is really what you're getting at with the DAO structure. Yep, that's right. So um, those are things that we want to turn over to community governance over time. But I think for now, we just want to make sure that like the values that we want to bring to Yield Guild as a cooperative guild that works hand in hand with the developers, invest into these assets and kind of help um, build the metaverse economy along with the along with uh, these different game economies and the player base like that's that's kind of the values that we're trying to instill in the guild that's great and then I, i'm assuming and you know f tell me you know what you do and do not want to disclose but I, i'm assuming that the investors that invested in in yield guild and you by extension they're members of the dao itself and so 
rather than this being an equity investment, this is more of a, of a revenue or profit sharing investment for the investors that came in. And, and some of your investors are pretty cutting edge. So I assume they're very flexible in kind of how they're approaching and, and dealing with this, which I find really fascinating in, in all of the crypto investments that are happening now. Yeah, so uh, in a sense, the investors that we have are also kind of going to be part of the community. And like they want the same thing, which is for us to bring over a lot of people into crypto, into DeFi, into NFTs, into the metaverse, and kind of uh, basically spread the, I would say, the financial benefits of crypto to uh, to a lot more people around the world. I think um, we're very, I would say, values aligned with, with a lot of our investors, and in that you know, for this world to become a better place, the like growing the wealth has to be kind of spread out uh, to everyone across the world. Everyone has to have kind of that opportunity to have a better life because of, uh, you know, because of crypto. And yeah, our, our investors really wholeheartedly believe that. And I'm lucky to be working with um, such a great group of people. That's cool. Would you mind um, telling us a little bit about the people that uh, the different people and groups that invested in you and kind of what that process was like for for pitching an investment like this? I'm assuming that almost every one of them is uh, crypto-centric and NFT-centric, but just kind of curious about what that process was like relative to what it's normally like for a startup to raise money. Sure, so we, we raised our uh, initial fundraising round in kind of October, October and November last year. And this was kind of before NFTs became super hot. And I first approached um, Anil of uh, Delphi Digital, specifically because Delphi um, designed the AXS token of Axie Infinity. So when I pitched the concept of a play-to-earn guild that was farming SLP, he actually really got it immediately. And uh, so, yeah, so he understood it. And then um, I pitched it to a bunch of other people. I, like Linda Shea of Scalar was um, amazing. Like when she mentioned Snow Crash during our meeting, the first time I pitched it to her, I knew that kind of we were we were a match for each other. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> um, and yeah, a bunch of other investors came in. And the great thing was it wasn't only these crypto funds that came in. A lot of like NFT investors were actually heavily playing blockchain games also invested in us. It was showing that they believe in the concept of a play to earn guild. That's excellent. I just think that what I find is I'm talking to people in the investing space and in the crypto startup project space is that not only is the model of venture capital or angel investors changing dramatically, but that um, the way we think about investing and kind of the, um, um, you know, venture capitalists in the startup world in Silicon Valley and elsewhere like to talk about how they're part of the team and they help grow. But I think that's actually really fundamentally changing. And, and often those relationships start off as combative from a contractual basis and documentation basis and investment equity ownership. And I think this is also part of what's really um, going to change kind of the future of investing and the future of growing startups or, or projects is that this becomes in a trustless world, a more trust-based uh, partnership than what yep. what we experience in the startup world. And I think that's, um, I think it's really cool to kind of see it in action with what you're doing. Yeah, it, I think there's actually a lot more leverage in being a founder now than an investor. And this is, uh, yeah, there's only been a few times that like this has been true. And the reason for that is that you know, all of crypto is awash with money right now. Like we're we're not hurting for lack of money. We're actually hurting for probably a lack of good projects that can execute with really excellent founders at the helm who who kind of want to power on and really build the vision despite maybe having, you know, more money than they can spend. They, they might have gotten wealthy already from crypto, right? Right. So for investing now, like you can basically accept money from pretty much anyone like VC, hedge fund, crypto fund, like whale, NFT investor. Um, but the question is, who are the people who are actually going to help you build out your vision? And this really means like working with you, being part of the community, helping out with governance, helping out with your token design. So when you are selecting your investors now, like you, you really have to think about like you can get capital from anywhere. 
who are the people who are excited, who really love what you're building and how are they going to help you build that vision? That's that's just awesome. And I think it really does change um, the entire approach where whereas the investors held the cards previously, I don't mean this as a combative relationship. It becomes a collaborative relationship, becomes something where you're Absolutely. really focused Absolutely. on those kinds of people. And it's a reality, whereas I think before it was often lip service. Now, I think some of them, like Y Combinator and others, were collaborative. But I definitely think the game has changed quite a bit. What what's kind of the next what's the next move for Yield Guild? Is it just to continue to build the infrastructure and and really be able to automate this more? And do you see other platforms out there that you really want to become a part of? Or do you even envision Yield Guild um, doing more development work in the gaming space and creating your own games? Where where do you guys think it, things are headed for you? Well, first of all, like, you know, I've been in the game development space for almost two decades. Like, I don't want Yield Guild to build its own games. I think we're here to help other people with their games and to help bring players to the metaverse. Nice. Um, on one hand, we really want to grow our operations in Axie Infinity. So the scholarship program is helping an incredible amount of people around the world. And you know, we want that 1,000 that we have today to become 10,000, 100,000, 1 million. Can it be 10 million? Like, imagine if we were helping 10 million people around the world with axes and you know they're playing axes at home instead of driving for uber or lyft or grab it's actually a better deal for them because they're earning money in crypto which they can use to invest instead of earning a flat hourly wage i think these people will actually be better off playing axie than maybe being in the gig economy um second is that of course axie is isn't and will not be the only play to game play to earn game out there. So we've started investing in different games, as I said, games like Formula One Delta Time, games like Sandbox, and you know, even games that are coming out in the next couple of years, like um, like Star Atlas, like Illuvium. Like there's there's such a I guess a lot of ways that people can express themselves via games and make money. And yeah, if there's a play to earn yield component, we we wanna be there. That's great. I think you become um I think eventually Yield Guild becomes the partner that that new platforms and new games will seek out to help them grow what they're trying to build. Right. I mean, it's almost like um, uh, how important liquidity providers are to some DeFi projects. You become you can become a partner that actually creates the growth and the ecosystem within their game or their metaverse that they really need to actually be able to grow and expand and build a bigger base of users. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we call it uh, player liquidity. So nice. Uh, and you know, player liquidity is important because um, a lot of people have never really had a lot of, I would say, opportunity on kind of the the job. Uh, I would say the job options that they had. And I mean, for people who you know went to college, had a really uh, I guess nice education, then they had their pick of where to go. But a lot of people were actually stuck in their local opportunities. And, you know, this is true, like not only in the Philippines, I believe, like even in America, a lot of people have only kind of the opportunities that are local to them. And with the metaverse and with play to earn, you actually have player liquidity that is free to find ways to earn income and earn a living that aren't tied to where you live. And I think this is really important, especially as, you know, we were talking about the future of work. We were talking about kind of the loss of job opportunities. Now I can go in, have a wallet, and basically find a game or virtual world that earns me the most money. And I think we will be needing more of that in, in the near future. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I, I, I really think um, you, you've positioned Yield Guild well to, to be the prime, one of the primary providers of that. One of the things I like to ask people uh, during the interviews is, is are there um, projects in the crypto, the NFT, the gaming space that you think are going to be incredibly important or brilliant that we may not know about? Um, and are there also are there people that you think are really critically important uh, that you have a lot of respect and admiration for? Okay, so I do see a lot of games that are coming up either like in the next few months or within the next couple of years. So I guess I'll, I'll name a few of them. Um, if, like even this week, there are two NFT sales that I'm super excited about. Um, uh, 
Uh, Ember Sword is uh, kind of an MMO, proper MMORPG that is having its first land sale this week. And, you know, the game's been in development, I would say, two, two to three years already. And, yeah, they're, they're finally ready with their land sale. And wow. we are very excited about that. Um, the second is Guild of Guardians, uh, which is developed by the Immutable team. So it's exciting because it's a play-to-earn game that is kind of ARPG, Diablo-ish, on, on mobile mobile and it's coming out next year and it has play to earn components and yeah they're selling basically guild uh, nfts that allow you to create a guild of up to a certain amount of people that can allow you to build structures in the game and yeah that's a really exciting uh thing for us as well both sound interesting i'll have to check those out and then are there are there people in this industry that you think are uh brilliant and important that that you think are going to have a big impact on us going down the lines i mean obviously people like vitalik and those kinds of people but are there other folks that you think um we should be keeping an eye on wow yeah that's that's a big question honestly um (laughs) I would say that instead of um, looking at specific people, I would look at the way that DAOs are starting to evolve. Um, you know, like it's very interesting how DAOs are evolving now, wherein, for example, uh, if you heard of Pleaser DAO, which was a DAO that kind of spontaneously formed to, uh, to buy the People Pleaser NFT artwork that, uh, that was benefiting charity, and now it's like it's its own full form DAO that is kind of buying a lot of artwork with a strong cost to them. Flamingo DAO, which kind of uh, bought some of the highest value NFTs, including CryptoPunks. So people are spontaneously forming DAOs for whatever cost that they, um, I would say, collectively believe in. And they're doing it, putting funds on chain. Even I have a small kind of informal DAO with my family members where we invest in crypto and DeFi and NFTs together. I, I do think this is really the future of organizations. And it's super fascinating to be in the middle of this experiment. There's probably six, seven, ten DAOs that I'm part of, some of them a lot more formal than others. Others, some of them have kind of formal on-chain voting structures. Others are just, you know, two people investing in stuff together. Um, but yeah, it, I think this is really the future of organizations. I, I think that's an awesome answer. Um, f- do you find that a lot of the DAOs that you're part of or that are forming, are you guys using platforms for Yield Guild like, and those for like Aragon? Or are you building your own? Or uh, what kind of tools do you see people using for some of these things? So I would say that the core is actually the messaging platform and the wallet. So for example, a lot of DAOs start by being Telegram or Discord groups first. And then people say, oh, let's invest in something together. So it may be kind of one wallet that someone is keeping custody of, or it may be, uh, for example, a Gnosis Safe multisig, which I use for a couple of the DAOs I'm part of. And then people say, okay, let's make this more formal. So some do use an Aragon uh, framework, issue a token and do on-chain governance, or you can issue an ERC20 token like we did with our sub-DAO and then create a lighter governance process such as a snapshot so it kind of cuts across the kind of entire field on what a DAO is or how decentralized it is. But yeah, like we're, we're living this experiment in real time and I just love it. That this is, it's so exciting to see it happening. Um, and I think you're right. I mean, I, I firmly believe that operating in the DAO format is the future for everything we do. Business, uh, potentially government relationships. I, I just think it's going to make a huge difference. Relationships. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Instead of a marriage contract, we have a DAO. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'd be easier to, uh, yeah, to separate your assets if, exactly. you, if you divorce, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, it'll be immutably written into the smart contract, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> now, Gabby, I really appreciate your time. I'm, I'm really excited about what you're building. Um, not only from the perspective of the technology and the perspective of of what's evolving in the NFT and gaming space, because uh, with Doki, we're heavily involved in, obviously, in the NFT space. But I'm also really um, excited about what you're doing to be a fundamental part of helping to change economically how people earn money um, and giving them a lift up to getting to the point of being able to earn money. I love models that 
um, are incentive based because you are you are your incentive as an organization is to earn more because the people that you're helping to earn more will help you earn more. Um, and I, I think that we're going to see kind of the whole world evolving, not only to kind of in DAO type structures, but also to one where we realize that the incentives are the things that make or break things. And so it's it's fascinating to me. And I, I'm really, really excited about what you're doing. I, I really want to keep an eye on you. And I'd like to uh, bring you back in a few months if I could to to see how things are going. Well, thank you. And hopefully we can do something with Doki as well in the near future. I would love to do that. I'll uh, I'll be sure to message you and see what we might be able to do together. I think there's a there's a ton of things we could do. And uh, you know, we at Doki, we like I I joined the project to help the project because I like the fact that um, it leveled the playing field for people that want to collect uh, and not having to spend a ton of money doing it. So um, I'm I'm excited about the possibility of us working together. That'd be great. Yeah. Likewise. Da thank you so much for your time gabby um what's the best way for people to reach you to learn about yield guild to um take part in what you're doing in some way can you give us the the contact info for that sure drop by our discord it's the number one place to be discord dot gg slash ygg uh if you're on twitter twitter.com slash yield guild um and we also have a medium it's it's gonna be easy to find just uh, google for yield guild games uh, medium and yeah that's where you can learn all about what we're doing great and is that the best way if somebody has a, a game they're working on or a project they're working on or want to invest that's the best way to kind of reach out to you yep absolutely like via twitter dms or via discord that would be the best way to reach us awesome Gabby, I hope you have a great night uh, there. Uh, you make me uh, you make me realize I need to reach out to my my old friends in the Philippines that I haven't talked to for a year <laughs> or two. So I'm excited to to actually do that because some of my best friends in the world live there. So uh, I really need to to take the time to do that because we have all been busy with with COVID. But congratulations on yeah. everything you're doing, and uh, we look forward to talking again soon. If that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will. Here's a project changing the way people earn money, changing it so much that they're earning twice as much as what they would normally earn by playing a blockchain-based game, an NFT-based game. Our entire concepts of income and money are going to change, and this is one of the projects that's going to help make that happen. I hope you're as excited as I am. This is a Doki Doki production. Please visit us at degacha.com, D-E-G-A-C-H-A.com. We're making NFTs more fun than they ever should be. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great day. Until next time.